Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the AI Comic Pod, episode number 52. We are here quite recently after its release talking about The Punisher. For a change, we thought we'd get in quite early when it was our, fresh in our memory and we're not just scrabbling around to try and remember characters and what's gone on in the plots and things like that. So, as always, as, oh, as of recent, anyway, it's just me and Stu. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. And you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It's nice to talk about something we agree on for a change. Yeah, and like you say, it's nice that we actually get to do this within, you know, a week, two weeks of it happening. Because in the past, we've we've got sidetracked, haven't we, by other TV and especially by the movies. And then by the time we come yeah. to the Netflix shows, we've forgotten all the best bits. But this has been a pretty much universal smash. I've I've only seen one negative review. And it just yeah. seemed like one of those things where somebody's editor has gone right. You've got to say something bad about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, I I've read a few. Anymore. Yeah, I've read a few mixed things only because I think the current situation in America, um, it was a, you know the Vegas shooting and all the well, God, how many are there? But all the gun issues and all the stuff that's going on, I think it is quite an ultra violent ultra gun heavy kind of series. Yeah. And I think that might sit not that kindly with some aspects of, you know, and I'm, look, I'm quite respectful of that because I think. Cause they pulled one see... of the trailers, didn't they? One of the very yeah. last trailers came right at the time when uh, there'd been one of the, one of the, uh, the shooting. I think it was, I think it was I the think, Vegas I think one. It was the yeah. Vegas one. It was due out like the next day. And yeah. They, they just had to pull it. Cause like you say, the climate was just wrong. And they would have been yeah. absolutely pillared for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's one of those. It is sensitive because it it's. I mean, it's the kind of thing that might not come out when there was the issues around the army all those years ago. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got a heavy scrutiny of of what's happened in Afghanistan and 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 those kind of hit squads and stuff like that. Um, and it's also obviously to do with you know modern gun crime and and all the stuff that goes on in the states. So it's. 
it's interesting because I can see why that would have upset certain people, but then people need to take things in context. It's that kind of, it's like that age old Grand Theft Auto argument, you know, with people blaming video oh, games God, for violence, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff where actually, no, you know, the violence is already going on. The series that highlights certain aspects of it or, you know, tries to, it's it's fantasy. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think anyone's going to go out after this and go. I know what I want to do. I want to shoot people or get shot myself because it's it's a it's a program that's pretty brutal and unrelenting in its approach to violence and and pain. Do you know what I mean? And, and the guy, as he did in Daredevil season two, <laughs> Frank Castle gets battered and bruised yeah. nearly all the way through this. You know. That yeah, I'd love to know. We often talk about like CG budgets and marketing budgets. I wonder what their fake blood budget was. Yeah, it's huge. Because there's there's barely a scene where he isn't abs where he isn't either drenched in his own blood or drenched in the blood of someone that he's just butchered. Whenever there's a fight scene, you know, whenever there's a big action piece in this series, he's always hurt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's never walking off either without a gunshot, without a, a knife wound, without some form of brutality happened to him as well as he's done to someone else. And that's why as a character, you kind of, I mean, we, we talked about it in Daredevil when we reviewed that, that you are rooting for him. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. an anti-hero. He's obviously, he's doing things out of a forced situation that he's been put into basically. Um, and, and this series covers so many clever kind of, subplots and so many kind of good interesting messages that really kind of delve into the human psyche and what goes on and yeah i i mean it's the, the different to what i expected i saw of it was along the lines of what you said people were saying oh it, it's it's glamorizing gun crime and it's taken a really lapse approach to um to to gun laws and stuff but that's not what it's meant to be about because at the same time i actually saw things praising from ex-soldiers saying well it's actually done a really good job of highlighting some of the problems that ex-soldiers come back with you know the fact that the the way it centers so heavily around the the support group saying well yeah you know to a lot of soldiers they they never really come back no it's a lot about post-traumatic stress respectful of those things that you know it doesn't gloss over it and be like oh yeah you know i've come back from war now i'm an anti-hero it's he's an anti-hero he's the punisher because he's been so fucked up by the things he's seen and the things he's done all in the name of you know a justifiable war and what have you and then you've obviously got the the young kid the whose name uh, what's his name the one who went uh, i knew i'd forget his bloody name is it lewis in it is it daniel weber lewis yeah you know, yeah, the, Lewis Wilson. Yeah. The, the little sort of tangent that he goes off on, it's it's pretty harrowing. I mean, those were some of the most uncomfortable scenes, but uncomfortable in a way that you kind of need to watch them because these are the these are things that happen. You know, you can't just yeah, sleep and, no, 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 road. it does. I mean, people, and it's from things I've seen documentaries and, and obviously lots of films. You know, use these messages and. American Sniper was one with Bradley Cooper where it's all about um, post-traumatic, you know, stress disorder and and the kind of harrowing of war and trying to adjust to normal life. And a lot of people can't because they've seen things and they've done things that will, 
be in their mind, you know, forever, basically. And they struggle to come back to a normal life and to react to normal life. It's, it's, it's an interesting series in that regard. It, it does cover some heavy subjects and yeah, you it, do feel for a lot of the characters that are in, involved in it. And you kind of are on their side despite what's going on because it's, it's brutal, you know? Even the villain, even, I mean, his, his eventual name in the comics is Jigsaw, but it's, um, Bill, is it Billy or is it? It's Billy, isn't it? Billy Barnes. Yeah, Billy Russo. Billy yeah. Russo. Yeah, sorry. Ben I get him, his name's answer. Ben Barnes. I always yeah. get his bloody character and his real name confused. Even him, he comes back and the only thing he knows how to do is fight. So the only thing he can do when he comes back is go into private military contracting because it's all he knows how to do. It's all he spent the formative years of his life doing is fighting and organizing missions and what have you. And that they. One thing they did really well, Punisher in the comics was in Vietnam. And obviously they couldn't do that now because he'd be, you know, a pensioner. So they've yeah, a very, very clever little time shift of bringing it forward and making it more about Afghanistan. So it's a lot more fresh in the memory because then a lot of people that are watching it will have memory. You know, we, we've all, you know, watched things on the news about what was going on in Afghanistan and we've read things about some of the, the atrocities that that were committed, so it makes it a lot more relatable from a viewer point of view. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I mean, everyone very very well. I <clears throat> Most people have seen films or read things about you know Bin Laden and and the way his kind of assassination happened. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that dissimilar. You know, uh, if you watch the film about that with Jessica Chastain, which I can't remember the name of, which is a really good film. Um, I'm going to have to look it up because it's going to annoy me. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Which oh, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is all about that. And, and again, it's got those kind of torture scenes in that film. Um, and I mean, Catherine Bigelow, you can kind of see her influence on whoever directed this whoever produced this because it's got similar themes to the zero dark 30 it's got similar scenes to the hurt locker you know people going through the trials of war and trying to find a way out of it on the other side this is very this is very serious and somber for us i'm not going to be able to make any dick jokes or anything Okay, so we were talking about um, films that influence this, this, this series in particular, but um, Stu was talking about Ben Barnes before. I didn't realise he was British until I just looked it up and what he'd been in before. Um, he was in he was in the Chronicles of Narnia, believe it or not, oh, and starred yeah uh, Prince Caspian. He's Prince Caspian um, and Stardust and load of random things to be honest. But then recently. More recently, he was in Westworld, and he played the well, the younger Ed Harris's friend that no one likes. That's if you it. Yeah, um, I remember. And he was good in that. Actually, he was one of the best things about Westworld for me, because um, you hated him, and he did it extremely well. Um, and then again in this, he he's a brilliant kind of. I did, did you suspect it was him? I mean, it's probably quite obvious, but I didn't really clock it for a well, while. I... I knew it was him because I knew that he was based on the, the okay. comic character Jigsaw. All right, there so you go. Uh, they, they did a really good little twist at the end. Right, that that scene at the end where Frank brutalizes his face by oh, rubbing it on God. the mirror. That's very close to what happens in the comics. In the comics, I think he Punisher puts him through like a, a sheet glass window, 
and it, it completely destroys his face. And then what happens is when he comes back later on, he stitched his face together like a really yeah. weird skin tapestry and he looks horrible. He looks haunting. So I wondered whether it had a touch of the um the character from Civil War, um the guy with the skulls, I can't remember what his name was. Uh Crossbones. Yeah. Um, because his face is all disfigured from the explosion, isn't it? But it's slightly yeah. different. Um, did we find out whether he was responsible, directly responsible for Frank's children and wife being killed? Um, I don't think we found out, but that's what happened in the comics. Yeah, I think it, it was Everyone discussed was at one point. Yeah, exactly. And it was interesting because for a long time he did. He, he was obviously showing a, a, a very keen interest whether Frank was still alive and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But you didn't quite, I mean, you knew, but you didn't quite get the sense that he wasn't his friend. Do you know what I mean? And they share this kind of strange relationship where it's, there's a, there's a mutual respect there. Do you know what I mean? There's a love and a trust and respect. There's a, there's a definite love because they, they, they serve together and, and they were well, and then they were family. Basically, he almost adopted him as a as an uncle to the kids, as a yeah kind of brother. Do you know what I mean to the family? Um, and it kind of hinted at the whole jealousy thing. And you know, I obviously talked about his orphanage, you know, kind of past and, and not having parents and not having that kind of thing. And it did it did make a character that, on the face of it. I don't know, it didn't seem to have that level of depth. And then as longer the series went on, I thought he became probably one of the most interesting characters in it, to be honest. He was he was really interesting. I mean, this series, what it did exceptionally well was it knitted all the characters together. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got his relationship, um, as you do with Frank's, with... Uh, Micro. Is it Jason? It's, yeah, no, no, with, with the guy who's, who runs those. Oh, uh, yeah, um, don't, don't be asking me for names. I, don't, I can't remember. No, exactly. I'm but sure. he, you know, the, the character that knits them all together, who has the prosthetic leg. The fake leg, yeah. Um, yeah, he was, exactly. he was really good as well. He was kind of, he like was, the, he was the, the good angel on everyone's shoulder, wasn't he? He was everyone's yeah. sort of moral compass and, He's keeping together so many people, and that ultimately is what makes his death so heartbreaking. That he's just trying to do right by so many people. He survived, didn't he? Did he? I, he survived. He got shot in the kitchen, but then they did an agreement that he would be, he would survive. I thought he died. See, no, I've, he, I've he survived already. It was he survived because Frank went to see him and, and run the kind of workshop with him. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> God, you, you've killed off everyone in this. Um, I mean, most people do. Um, there's the odd one that does survive. And then, obviously, his relationship with Dina, Madani, um, um, was really interesting because he was basically doing that for info, for yeah. Intel. Do you know what I mean? But they had an interesting relationship. And again, she obviously had that relationship that built with, with Punisher. She's obviously in, in touch with all the CIA stuff with all the, um, was she, she wasn't CIA. She was Homeland Security, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, and so she kind of knitted everything together as well. Um, and obviously she was involved in all the, the David Lieberman kind of story from, from the year before. Um, and it was, it was really interesting because you, you know everyone was connected, and 
that had a really, I don't know, it felt quite organic. Do you know what I mean? A lot of these series that we've talked, we were kind of talking before we, we discussed this, a lot of the series are very scripted and follow a certain path and you kind of know which way they're going to go. Um, and even the, 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 the Marvel ones have, have kind of, Netflix ones have started to follow that quite steady path, you know, where you've got your, you've got your, you know, your 13 episodes ones, you have that kind of build up at the beginning. And then it slowly kind of slows the pace down and then picks it up again. And it kind of starts to throw things off and go certain directions. And they all feel quite regular. You kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. For me, this series just felt really smooth. I, I, I didn't get a sense that the pace was off at any point. You know, it, 13 episodes felt right for a change. It didn't feel too too long, as it often does. Defenders was too short, wasn't it? Eight episodes, Defenders, which is just way too short. And often these ones, like Luke Cage and and Iron Fist, are too long, 13 episodes. It just doesn't need to be that long. Um, But this, to me, felt like they had enough story, they didn't have much lag in the middle, and they, they had some really interesting characters, like, the whole way through. And then you had those different surroundings. I mean, like you said, it wasn't a big CG budget. There wasn't it felt a bit like the Winter Soldier in that sense. It's kind of an espionage style yeah. crime drama, you know, with that war element, but with that real clever way of shooting. Do you know what I mean? That modern kind of Born Identity style, which you've not seen, so it's not even aware, but other I people might. Born Identity. Have you? I've seen the first. Yeah. Nice. Um, but the, you know, that style that's kind of reinvented all those action films taken and all those kind of, you know, that modern close up hand to hand. Yeah. Um, close gunshots and, and stuff. And it really did that. And I mean, he in that role, I mean, we'll get on to Burntall because we could probably talk about him all day, but he, he is a, as a, a man of combat, as a man of action. He's just perfect fit for that. He's, he's a phenomenal action hero. He, yeah, he is. And he just holds the gun and he holds that poise and he holds that. He is, he just really plays that part exceptionally well. As from, from literally when he stepped on the set in Daredevil. Do you know what I mean? He is every part the action punisher. And that's not even talking about his emotional and connect, commitment to the role and, and the way he connects to the role is just, he is sublime in this. He really is. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, the, the little scream he does whenever he's fighting is bloody oh, terrifying. It is. He's got like the most blood-curdling scream and he uses it pretty much every time he throws a punch. But it's like you said, because he's taken such a beat and whenever he's taken a punch, it's generally, you know, a punch with a knife or a punch with a bullet. Yeah. He's never just getting smacked around. Or if he is, he's having seven shades of shit beaten right out of him. Yeah, the scene when he's tied up in the you know, in their kind of hideaway as such, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like he is getting he is getting battered and battered and He's battered. He's just being slowly he? killed, isn't he? Yeah, essentially. By, um, yeah. Agent Orange. Yeah. He's... Rawlins was an interesting part. Um he he was I thought he was good because again you see his backstory and you see where he's gone to. Um you need a bastard in it, don't you? Yeah, Something you like do. This, especially when you're looking at government conspiracies and yeah. black ops off the books operations and kill squads and what have you. It, it can't be just a conventional, you know, oh, look, it's the Punisher taking down the mob. Oh, it's this. There has to be something a little bit more involved than that. And having this Agent Orange element was 
a lot more interesting. And like it, say, it, it sort of fits in with, you know, current events, doesn't it? Of shenanigans within governments and what have you. Yeah, you I mean... Go into, otherwise you might end up in Guantanamo. Yeah, exactly. Um, it It's kind of that known, you know, any of these series that, you know, just not just... No, it's very rarely comic book related, but anything related to kind of, you know, we've mentioned Bond Identity briefly, but that's all about cover-ups and, and kill squads and those kind of things, you know what I mean? And anything in that realm and, and everyone's obsessed with those kind of first-person shooters and, you know, Ghost Recon and, and all those books as well, you know what I mean? It's all the Ludlum books and all the Clancy books and stuff. Yeah. The, the, these series are known. People love this kind of stuff. It's 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 just... This is a very modern take on all of that. Like you said, it's not Vietnam, it's Afghanistan. You know, um, it's, and it's modern US and it's, it's all about guns and it's all about cover ups and it's all about surveillance, you know, modern surveillance and modern ways of identifying people. And what I makes him so believable really cool. as well is it's completely realistic that this could happen. It's like we said about Batman. It's a man with no powers. Yeah, training, you know, tactical knowledge, what have you. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have a single thing that any other, you know, man couldn't have if he went through the relevant training. And that makes him all the more believable. He doesn't, you know, he's not got super speed or wings or x-ray vision. It's literally just his smarts and whatever guns he can carry on him at the time. Yeah, whatever determination he's got to get the job done. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't stop. Um, And he's unrelenting and that's... Yeah, he was just, I mean, you know, the whole, the, the action scenes were really well, well done. And that, that, you know, the car chase in episode four or five when he's in the Ferrari is in, um, that big accident between him and, and Madonna. Dina. Yeah, that yeah. was just, that, just that, that was a really surprise. intense scene. Yeah. Because at every turn, I was just expecting one of them to uh, like smack the other one into a wall or something, and then obviously Micro pops out of nowhere and completely t-bones her. Yeah, no. and Micro as well. Like he, they've obviously got a bit of a bromance going in their relationship, which starts with extreme measures. Do you know what I mean? Where you know Frank basically is fearful of him um, at the beginning, and then he turns it on his head by going to his home. Do you know what I mean? And, Which is and creepy as fuck. It is, but really then obviously creepy. that spawned a kind of interesting relationship between Frank and Lieberman's wife and the two kids, because it felt like Frank was he became a surrogate, didn't he? Really? Yeah, essentially, and 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 that was an interesting relationship. Um, and I do love, you know, Lieberman's kind of arch through the whole thing because he was a kind of timid guy who was a tech guy you know, never been involved in any kind of warfare. But he was crucial to to the Punisher. Do you know what I mean? He, he he's like I don't know, he's 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 basically a sidekick, his techno sidekick that well, he guides is. him throughout yeah. the comics, wherever wherever Frank goes, Micro goes with him. Yeah. And he's his he's his creator, you know, he's he's his cue. Whenever there's a new a new gadget that's being used or whenever there's been an upgrade to the, uh, the war van. Yeah. It's always come from him and it gets a little bit sort of Batman esque in terms of, he's always got a gadget to do something. And and this didn't go along those lines, did it? Do you know what I mean? The gadgets he used were, 
you know, you kind of... It was just military-grade um, weapons and yeah, surveillance and, he and stuff. Yeah, and he, he had the surveillance, you know, the, the drone that goes up and has heat, heat signatures and all that kind of stuff. And and there is things that he could use, but it was it was practical enough. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like he suddenly came out with a gadget that, why would he have this? Or Do you know what I mean? None of it felt too forced and, like... And his, the drone made bomb it pay for the whole thing, didn't it? Because as soon yeah. as the drone came into play... That's when he really became useful. So when he when he, he goes into the um, the woods and he was trying to find his mate, the one that was living as a recluse, he never yeah. could have navigated his way through the woods if he didn't have that drone. And Frank realised he's thinking, "Shit, I actually do kind of need him a little bit now." Yeah, and, it, and they it, did start to come together, and their relationship became really interesting actually to be honest they they had moments which were quite funny which i thought was important because you can tell that you know bernthal has got that kind of dark sense of humor um he's had it in all his roles he's done i mean we we go back to him a lot when we talked about him before um uh, as shane basically in the walking dead and i mean to me he's in that first series and he was probably the best thing about it i i mean i think it was between him um, I don't know. There was a few characters at the beginning that were quite interesting. Um, early, God, I can't remember anyone's. When I'm trying to focus on one series, I don't know why I'm trying to go on to another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, implode. Yeah, it pretty much is. But he was important in in the early Walking Dead, and I mean, I know as per the comics, he he was always short lived. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Even um, in the books, he, he bites it. No pun intended. really really early on yeah i was thinking of glenn as the early glenn was really really good um and obviously early rick was interesting but shane shane was ace and and it was because of john bernthal and and ever since then he's the kind of actor you keep an eye on because you want him to get a part like this because it just suits him perfectly and i think he's the kind of guy you want people to produce shows around because he's different to other actors He's not your kind of typical good-looking lead. I was just going to say, he's, he's not the kind of guy that you're going to have in an Armani suit playing some kind of a rich, you know, billionaire playboy or something. Is he? He's no. got to play more rough. He's in the roles. Oh, what's the the film, The Wolf on Wall Street? He's in that as a drug dealer. <laughs> um, he's not going to. He's not going to play Leo's character. Do you know what I mean? It's a very different. He's not going to be one of the Wall Street types. Is he doing thousands of dollars no. of coke off someone's tits or something? No, he's not that type. He's he's known as being a kind of intense kind of actor uh, in terms of his style um but he's he's a funny guy and he's 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 really got presence and i think you saw the whole kind of range of emotions that he delivers in this because you had that serious intensity and that anger and that hate and then obviously the the fear and the you know and obviously it's it's the the stuff he's still going through he's 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 the punisher by nature but he's also being punished for what he has done in the past and and obviously that haunts him and then his family's death is always going to stay with him and you had some really interesting scenes the one when he was being beaten up by the fbi or cia agent and it was him basically imagining having sex with his wife in between that yeah Um, and basically like he was going to die do you know what i mean and and for that scene i mean i think you mentioned scene episode 10 
um, when you were watching it and I was big on episode 10 and it just crescendoed it after that. It just got better and better and better as it went towards that climax. And it was really, I mean, that episode 12 was so brutal. And then when he killed um, uh, Agent Orange, it was probably one of the most blood it was filled. It was just gross, wasn't it? When he's, I mean, he's Violence. basically he's already dead, and just yeah. to really rub it in, he has to do the old thumbs into the eye sockets. That was, was just something gross. else. There was a good was couple gross. of pints of fake blood there, just yeah. just on the floor, and they they must have had a wild time filming that because forget spending all your time getting, you know, your skin tone leveled out and stuff. It's like right, we're just going to cover you in mud, cover yeah. you in fake blood. And then just put these fake cuts all over you and just make you look as rough as shit. Don't have a shower today. In fact, don't shower this whole week. We want you to look like you stink when you come on set. Yeah, and that violence and all the stuff that goes with the it. The violence I mean. is brilliant. It's it's hard to not enjoy that because that's what it's about. You know, you can't have a sh- you can't have a show about a guy who shoots people. And hold back on the violence. It, it no, you can't. Work. And that's what we loved about Daredevil season two, wasn't it? They brought him in, and all of a sudden the violence went up to eleven. Yeah, and the prison just scene. Got a little the prison bit scene just. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that prison scene was about as violent as anything in this, really. Do you know what I mean? And it really was. That's and... probably still my favourite scene that the Punisher has done. Full stop. Yeah, I think so. Without getting too much like a cinematic fanny, it's the fact that he's wearing the white suit. Yeah, and then by the time he finishes, he's practically turned into Mister Blobby because he's got that much bloody, that that many different shades of red splattered all over him, and it's all over his face and in his hair. Uh, a, a character we've never mentioned on this this podcast, so well, that's a new we, one. We like, we like to break ground and yeah, I know, exactly. Um, episode ten was that big episode where it was all about the, um, you know, the ex army kid who'd was completely off the rails and had Karen hostage. Um, and when, you know, Frank died, you know, story basically came out into the public, you know, everyone knew he was alive at that point. Um, and, and that's it when it got... started getting a bit, that's, that was when it started getting real, wasn't it? Cause up until that point, he always had the anonymity on his side. Yeah, he did. But now people are looking for him and. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you can't track him unless you're micro when you're following his gate. Which yeah, that, really that cool. gate algorithm was just fascinating. Yeah, it was. And then he, he really and said then, he's got and a he limp and now he can't. Yeah, just he that was amazing. Limping out and you even see Micro, don't you? He's on the screen and he watches him go on the camera and he just goes, eh, nothing to it. And But again, that just shows yeah. the intellect. He realises how he's tracking him. So the only way to put him off yeah. is to... Yeah, and those two, those two intellects it. together were just perfect when they work together. But those scenes at the beginning, when those episodes, when they are clashing and he's got him tied up and <laughs> strapped naked oh, yeah, to a he, chair. And he's so chilled about it. He's sat bollock naked on a chair and he's just like, just, you know, yeah, okay, it's fine. You know, just just wheel me over there and I'll I'll turn off the fucking bombs. Yeah, and he keeps saying, oh, can, Frank, can we just get over this now? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Can we just move on now? It's, it's like, just, it's like it's you've had a funny. falling out over, you know, who's eating the last biscuit. Come on, let, let's just get over it and let's just move yeah. through it. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I mean, a lot of people are picking up on on so much of this. And I think what people are picking up from The Punisher is, is their own different 
feelings about certain things and you know it's it's the emotions like i said that run through it all and it's the situations that you people find themselves in and you know you watch the news now and every day things happen shocking things happen around the world and it's not just related to the the states or the uk or anything that's gone on and this series i don't know brings some kind of cold realities to light and it starts to do it does make you question certain things and well definitely because th- these are the things that pe- that it's the it's what they, they call the ugly side of war isn't it these are the yeah. things that you know happens in war zones but you don't want to think about it let no. alone have it thrust right into your face and the, the scene where they kill um madani's partner yeah i mean it, it's a brutal torture scene anyway and it's the cold way in which Orange just tells him to kill him and Frank just goes over, doesn't even stop. He barely even breaks his gate and just shoots him. And it's so cold. Yeah, it is. But you can see that there's almost like a bit of... Frank's clearly by that point psychologically damaged, isn't he? He's become completely numb to the killing. Killing has just become his job. And he he barely even recognises these people as being human anymore. And yeah, yeah it, it's there's some very harrowing scenes. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What what would you say was your favorite scene in the whole series? <sighs> it's tricky, you know. Um, I The scene that I thought was really good, which really got me, um, was when... Don't say the same as me or I'm going to hate you. No, it won't be anything. <laughs> um, it's when Lieberman's wife and child got taken. So, and then they had what was a petrol container, wasn't it? A plastic, yeah, like, gas container strapped to their back. Um, and they were walking away, and they slashed the container. And just, I mean, as a kind of father, I guess, and as a husband, that scene 
just had my heart. You knew that he was going to drop racing. the flare, didn't you? You knew that at yeah. some point either that was going or some dickhead was going to have a lighter. Yeah. Something was happening, and then it's a really tense race against time. Of I was like, I was like, cut the fucking tanks off, just do something. And he's there, like, taking his jacket off, isn't he, to beat the beat the flames yeah. out? And then he obviously, you think he gets killed, and and I, I genuinely think I thought he did because I, I didn't have any thought to, you know, I thought they'd gone full reverse. What happened to Frank? Do you know what I mean? I thought they'd they'd been reunited. Plan that they came up with. Yeah, I thought they'd been reunited and then, you know, he'd sacrificed himself almost to save his family. And it's almost like the reverse. Of, it's what Frank wanted to do for his family. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, I thought that's what they were going to do, but actually they had a somewhat turbulent but happy ending because he, he's obviously been away here, strange from his whole life, but he, you know, he watched them. <laughs> he can see them and see everything that's been happened. Like torture. Yeah, exactly. And every, I, I kind of related conversation to conversation they have that he wants to jump in on and he's Yeah. Just... And he wants to help because the boy is going through all the stuff because of what happened to his dad, do you know what I mean? And and the wife's obviously just can't get on with her life, obviously. And it's just yeah, it's it's very interesting their their story. I thought that culmination of it was was pretty amazing. Um that and also the the forest scene that you mentioned when we talked about it before that was proper kind of oh that yeah that it was proper the, reminded me kind of first person shooter really I remember playing games like early Call of Duty style games it's just, just how organised it was where the yeah like when they're the hiding behind the the tree and he's yeah. like right you know three two one and then they go and then he's like right now you can move and just as they disappear around a corner the other two guys come behind him and it's it must have been so difficult to get that exactly right and get that level of precision because it has to look precise, doesn't it? If it was a little bit looser, it wouldn't yeah. have worked. It wouldn't have been as tense because you're just waiting for one of the one of the mercenaries to just catch sight of them and turn back, but they never see it coming. And again, it's brutal. Oh, you know, God, yeah. Frank's doing all yeah. of this when he's just been shot right through the shoulder with a dirty old rusty arrow. Yeah, I know, exactly. And again, it's just the the amount of punishment that the Punisher can take He's is just incredible. It, it's He's very insane. much like Batman. You know, Batman yeah, is. is known for being able to take a punch and being able to take a beating and still come back and best you in whatever task you've set for him. Yeah. And Punisher can't be far behind him in terms of those sort of stakes. No, 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 certainly not. Um, it's yeah, it's what was your scene? What's your my favorite not... one was when they were in the war zone and the general got shot and he runs off into that building on his own and he takes out the entire fucking rebel force that they're fighting against and he must go through about fifteen to twenty guys. So first he's going with his his assault rifle, then his assault rifle runs out and he goes with his his gun and then he yeah. hit with his handgun and then he has to get his hands dirty and then he gets shot. And he falls on the floor for what five seconds, and then he's back up and he's trying to rip some guy's throat out. And that because again he finishes it and he's covered in blood; it's dripping oh, God, down yeah. off his face, and he's absolutely exhausted. And he's just done it all on his own. And this isn't even his in his Punisher days. This just goes to show how good a soldier he is that he's able to do all of that. 
And then you're not even talking about his sniper. I mean, the, the scene most memorable to me, the one scene, you know, that one shot um, that sticks in your head is when he is going to take out the CIA agent. Oh, yeah. The bulletproof glass. And it, and it and the, the, the glass shatters right in just, the middle of his forehead. It's just, I mean, that scene. I jumped oh, when, when the I shot did. hit the thing. I thought he was going to, just as he was about to shoot, some big floodlights were going to come on and something had come over the tannoy. Oh, we've been waiting for you, Frank. And then when you just hit, and it hits the window, I actually jumped. It was like, oh my God, he's fucking not got him. Because it was like, there you go, he's got him now. And Well, exactly. It would have been too soon. Um, I saw, I mean, uh, you know, scenes, there's some excellent scenes throughout this. And we we talked about the character development. Um, I saw the kind of undercurrent of, families and relationships and stuff was really important in this yeah we had um, we had a, a really good question or a really good little back and forth with someone on yeah. the, on twitter about it about let me what, politely what are the just, um the overrunning arcs and and the big one is obviously family because everyone in this has got some kind of a family tie whether yeah. it's living or dead and but my major one when i think about it is redemption because Frank is obviously trying to redeem himself for basically being a, you know, an, a, a war criminal. Really, all the things yeah. he's done would definitely be war crimes, and he would he'd be in a gulag somewhere if anyone ever caught wind of it. Um, but then you've it got was, micro it was Zara, redemption and as I can't well. Pronounce it properly, if I sorry if I haven't pronounced your, your name properly. Um, yeah, it was exactly about redemption, as you said. The other memorable scenes that she mentioned, which I thought was really interesting, is Billy's visit to the mother. Which was just something else. Billy's Do you remember that? Mother. Billy's mother, I think, was in hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. In, in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. So I think that's got, when you saw... The... got his own mother, like, really heavily medicated. That's when you see that side of Billy, that you didn't really think he quite had it in him. Yeah. Obviously, when he kills the partner in cold blood, you kind of, obviously, he's not a nice guy. But... That scene with his own mother, I mean, everyone... That, that's cold I mean, as hell. I think everyone would have found that shocking. I mean, she was a user, wasn't she? And I think he just... Yeah. He, she must have had a bad childhood because she, she dumped him, I think, was what was... He was an orphan, they, they'd said. Do you know what I mean? So, he, he was taken off, wasn't he? Because she was she was unfit yeah. to look after him. And he, He's rightly or wrongly, for he, he blames her yeah. for his screwed up life and that's why he ultimately ends up in the military because it was the only way he felt like he'd have anywhere that he would belong yeah yeah exactly and that was i mean that scene alone was was pretty shocking and i mean this is a series of a a very memorable very surprising very shocking scenes and that one was yeah i mean it even you know shocked me to the core that scene so it's it does know how to produce those moments this series it does even if it slows you down for a little bit and you get a bit comfortable it doesn't leave you comfortable for very long but you you need that don't you You need the bits where you get comfortable because then when it steps back up again it's even more shocking and it's even more you're even more emotionally invested because you've let your guard down and you think everything's going to be all right and then you see a guy shooting his own mother full of drugs as payback yeah. yeah, our good, yeah, exactly. Our good friend, um, who hosts the One Up podcast on the AI channel, Guy Drinkle, asked, uh, what is the progression for the Punisher? Do you see more crossovers with Defenders, a film, another standalone series? 
Um, I'll let I, you answer this. I would be amazed if this hasn't done enough to get another series. I, I would agree. Be gobsmacked. Um, where, in terms of progression, I, he might I, have a little involvement with Daredevil season three. I think, but he, I don't think he'll be massively mass involved. As such. He, he can't really be in it too much because of the story that they're adapting. It's purely about the psychological battle between Daredevil and the Kingpin. Yeah, exactly. And he couldn't really be in it, but I would be interested to see if he came back in and now he's showing that he's got a slightly better moral compass now and like mm. Punisher taught Daredevil a few things, didn't he? He yeah, taught he him a little bit about being a bit more ruthless and it would be nice now if he was able to come back and be like, oh, hire Red and and he, he's able to show that he's taken on board, that he doesn't have to, you know, completely gut everyone to get his point across Sometimes he can, like, oh, I don't know, leave people alive and still do yeah. what he needs to do. Something like that. I mean, there's, en- there's enough there to, to have made a film. You know, a two hour film got similar traits to, say, John Wick or something like that. But you wouldn't really get the full identity that you no. got from The Punisher. And you wouldn't get what you got in this series, which is the clever but quite regular flashbacks and the. The flashbacks were done so very well. When you think shows like Arrow have always used, (laughs) they've always used flashbacks as a bit of a crutch. Yeah, too much. Every single one of these served a a genuine purpose and every single one of them was quite brief. They they didn't dawdle, did they, in the past? No. It, it, It was always short. They get to the point, they bring out the point that they wanted to make and then they're back in the present day because there's a lot more you know, when they're writing things like this stuff. or when they're producing, you don't feel like the, the back scenes were put in to just magnify the, the the present day. It felt more natural. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it feels like, like you said with Arrow particularly, that they feel like they have to try and introduce a plot point. So let's like throw, they, in, a, with Arrow, they throw often... in a villain from four years ago or something. You know, when he met them in Lian Yu or whatever, it just doesn't always fit. They, they, with with Arrow, they're often guilty of over-explaining things. Yes. Like, not every tiny thread has to connect with another one. It's possible to have a little bit of a loose end. This had enough tied up. It, it tied up really well, this series. Yeah, um, but it didn't, but it didn't... absolutely. It, it's, it's like in Arrow, every character has come across every other character in some yeah. point, even if it was like in a marketplace somewhere. And it's too many nods that. to everything and stuff like Arrow. It's too obvious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you know, and uh, yeah, Arrow's got its, you know, its popcorn is throw away and that's fine. It did have a bit of an edge for a while, but nothing like this because it, it's on no. TV and it can't have that. I, I also um, don't think any film would have been able to do justice in the way that Netflix has. Because Netflix they, they've, is, they've got you know, their formula. And we we talked about Netflix a lot as how bold they are as producers and, and filmmakers now and everything they're trying to do. And they give their full license to whoever's working on script and production crew and directors and whatnot. But I'm sure a they, lot of it is because know, they, they, they aren't subject to the same censorship. No, as, they make their own censorship. Almost. As, it's their own license. It's their own yeah. network. It's their own everything. So it, it, if it was a film, realistically, for the pun- for this Punisher to have been any good, it had to have been R-rated. Yeah. And, and as and, we know, and, R-rating, as soon as you put something as R-rated, it instantly carries a hell of a risk. Yeah. And I think what a film would do, which I wouldn't like about it, is it would 
it would potentially overshadow everything with the family. And as, as much as important as Frank's family are to his past and why he's doing what he's doing, it's not everything. Do you know what I mean? He is... They're just a part of it, aren't they? If anything, the family yeah. is the smallest part. The biggest part is is military service and the the, the damage well, that's been done to him. And To an extent, it's all connected to what makes his psyche. But I, what I'm kind of getting at is that you know, he's living in the now with regards to certain aspects of his life. He's not just living in the past entirely. And... I think sometimes with films, what they try and do is play on the family vote a little bit in terms of just focusing on that, not play on his relationship with a micro that developed over a long season. Do you know what I mean? And, and they wouldn't have time to make those relationships work in the same way. Um, and I think it'd be detrimental to that. I think that's what really comes out of this is the core kind of relationships, which again, we talked about with working so well in, in Jessica Jones and in, in Daredevil is the, the characters' relationships. Obviously, the one thing, it doesn't quite tie in that much with the other series. Um, it's it's quite standalone. I, I wonder if that's by design. I think it is. Because um, he, he's harder to fit in because his, his approach and his ethos doesn't gel at all yeah. with any of the other characters. None of the other characters are going out to kill people other than really the likes of Electra and stuff like that. But yeah, I would have liked a little bit more Karen in this. Yeah. I, I kind of expected, I thought that by the end of it, she was going to come out of it as a proper love interest. Yeah. Their relationship is really interesting because she, she clearly is one of the few people that sees the, the true good in him. Yeah, and, and even, she's even been the brilliant good that at he that. doesn't see. And she's been very I didn't realise how much stuff Deborah Ann Wall has actually been in. I remember it from True Blood. She did well in that. That, that was um, where she really started making a name was in True Blood. And she was good in that. A lot of stuff. She's done all sorts. Um she's an interesting actress. I think she's gonna go quite far in regards to she's quite versatile. Um and she's got a distinctive look. Obviously, she's blonde in this, but she's obviously red-headed normally, and she does stand out. So, yeah, she's very interesting. I thought, like she, I said, the, the supporting cast throughout, she's excellent always. Um, I think Eben Moss Bacharach, I think his surname is, who played David Lieberman, was just perfect. I yeah. thought he was really good. Um, I kind of loved that even after... King, he didn't even get his hair cut or trim his beard. He had some great lines, like the bit in the van with the sandwich. He sat there and he's made him that disgusting military rations. And he gets out this gigantic subway and he's like, where did you get that? I made it. Did you make me one? No. Like, you know, if you're going to be a dick to me, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes making you a buffy as well. You can eat this shit. They, they, they were really some, good. They had, they had some really good chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, they, they really did fit well. But they yeah. do kind of piss each other off royally because they just bring the worst out in each other. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they but, do. But like equally, you said before, yeah. their, their intellect dovetails so well with Frank's military knowledge and you know his ability to execute these plans, and then Lieberman's just outright intellect. He's clearly a very, very intelligent man, and then the tech know-how put the two together, and you've got pretty much a, a dream team in terms of abilities. Yeah, I thought the other person I thought was really interesting was Dina's mum. Yeah. 
she she I can't pronounce her name. I don't want to do it disservice, but she played the role really well, and she brought a really good experience and a different kind of style to it, which I didn't expect. She was she was important. She because she obviously had that strong relationship to. Um, she got Madani out was, of the funk a little bit, didn't she? She did. Who was her boss? Was it? Ah, uh, Madani's boss was someone who had a relationship with her, and they yeah. clearly knew each the other. The only thing I re- I know him from, he played the dad in Ugly Betty. Okay. Years and years and years ago, and I've se- he's one of them. I think I've seen him in loads of other things, but that's the one role that. that yeah, I but him she. For. I just thought she she had some real gravitas to her. I thought she was really really good. She was a bit and of a badass, that- wasn't she? But in yeah. a good way. Like Madani needed that. Yeah, and I saw a, the two kids were great as well, actually. Times. The daughter yeah. was really good, because you'd think out the two of them, you'd expect that it would be the daughter that was going to be the really whiny one. And it's actually, yeah. she's the hard-ass, it's the son. And that was a nice little twist when it looks like the son has turned to bullying. And it turns out that it's the exact opposite, you know. he He's, he's suffering. He, yeah, he's that, really struggling. And that scene the one that, that's the stronger of the two. He was saying... It's a kid. He wanted to be killed, I think, and that really, um, you know, when Frank was kind of threatening him to do that kind of fatherly, you know, yeah. scare him kind of tactic, and that just that was hard actually. Um, and there, there were some really interesting messages in this, and I think redemption is always the one that would come up. It's that redemption story, um, but also that kind of family, and like we said, the clever things about Lieberman's family having that kind of feel about what. Frank had gone through and and those kind of twists and yeah I thought I, I genuinely thought it was fascinating. They they found a bit of what they lost in each other, didn't they? So she she yeah. got a lot of relief from seeing him, and he obviously got a bit of a warm fuzzy feeling of being around a family because that's that was his makeup, wasn't it? He had a son and a daughter and a wife, so they yeah, they exactly. sort of became surrogates for each other, didn't they? And not in, yeah. not in a creepy way, in a in a healing way, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It and wasn't. It, 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 was, it was, was all healthy, you know, relationships. It wasn't. There's was nothing between Frank and anyone else that was misconstrued. He was yeah. there. He just he didn't want to. You he, know, didn't, step he didn't on want to nail it. You know, did he, he didn't he want to become. No, he didn't want to be the family thing. Their dad. He, he, he just wanted. He just probably missed that aspect of life, do you know what I mean? So, um, as he, everyone he, he does, was all really. too happy, wasn't he, to be fixing the garage door and fixing the headlight and fixing the sink, just doing the normal things that he's obviously missed out yeah, on. Yeah, he wanted to be normal. For so long. Yeah, and he wants to be normal, Frank. And that was the, I mean, when it came around and you had, it, I thought it tied it up, like we said, extremely well, but the scene when he's there setting up, you know, the, the meeting, the, the, you know, the army meeting kind of, thing and he's laying out the chairs and stuff i just thought that was great because you just see frank trying to get on with life do you know what i mean and and, and i know he won't be able to for long because it's frank castle <laughs> you know he is the punisher it's not going to go away um and there'll be someone else corrupt that comes along and there'll be something else that triggers it as there always will be but yeah to to kind of still be walking away and still trying to live his life and what what they do for him because i think you know, the CIA kind of let him go despite what had gone on. Do you know what I mean? Because he'd killed an awful lot of people. Yeah, a <laughs> like, hell of a lot of people. I mean, His body count yeah, pretty, exactly. pretty hefty. Yeah. 
and even Dina kind of forgave him for, you know, she was friends with the man that he ultimately killed and they tortured. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, that scene was a bit awkward, wasn't it? When she him. finds out. Yeah. Because she asks um, Billy, doesn't she? Was it you who she pulled didn't the think trigger? It was him. He goes, yeah, no, no, exactly. no, it was Frank that pulled it. And her face drops because yeah. just as she's starting to believe in him and sort of believe in his, his fight, she finds yeah. that out. But then she's able to process it in a, in a bit of a more healthy way instead of just going off because she yeah, understands was... why he did it. And she knows that he's trying to make amends for all the countless wrong things he's done in his service. And at the end Before of the day, that's up. what it is. He's, he's not yeah. done these things out of free will. He's done these things because he's a good soldier. And a good soldier does what they're told without really questioning it. Essentially, yeah, and then that's the you know atrocities of war and what happens in warfare, and you know that's why. Yeah, there's a deeper message to come from all this. You know, you could analyze this show in a completely different light if you wanted to about about what the fallout of war is and what the fallout of corruption and everything else which we've only touched upon and and it does touch on those deep messages but it also doesn't get too tied up in them that it forgets that it is still a series do you know what i mean it, it, it is yeah at the end of the day it's a comic a book advent um, action espionage thriller series Drama. they they, they yeah, couldn't exactly. spend too much time getting into the morality of war and no, you know the, the no, right they, they touched on it, things in the then right it just way. gets sanctimonious and, and you know, yeah, people right. don't pay it, it Netflix. Didn't... If you wanted to do stuff like that, you'd watch a documentary about it. You would. Yeah, you would. So it, do, it does a good yeah, enough job thought... without being too preachy about it. So in terms It didn't preach of... on anything in my regards, yeah. Not really, no. You'd think it could have been one of those opportunities where if you had a really liberal writer, they could really have gone yeah. on about gun control and stuff like that and used it as an opportunity to, you know, stick the boot in based on the current political climates. But why bother because then you know netflix know what they're doing they know how to get the right balance don't they from all of these shows they do of comic versus action for the comic readers but for the casual fans you know to be current enough that people can relate but without being too current that it feels like a documentary and that's why it it for me without doing a full ranking because you said before we'll we'll do a ranking maybe we could do, do an article if you want um i mm. don't know where it ranks like nailed on position but it's right up there with daredevil it's probably second maybe even joint yeah. first with daredevil it it was that good it's not even debatable that it's potentially you know, joint first or second. It's no, the, the, I, there wasn't really I anything about it, it that I would, I would, you know, I have it, it second for. to Daredevil, but only just season um, one or two, <sighs> or just as a as a whole. I, 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 I really struggle with this, you know, because <laughs> what do you, you season two or season one? I can't rank the seasons because they. They're brilliant in the wrong way. They almost feel one. they feel continuous in their regard. Do you know what I mean? Like I think we're fair. I think we're allowed to say Daredevil as a season one and two combination because they are linked. Do you know what I mean? So I would say Daredevil and then Punisher and then and then Jessica Jones and 
comes into third. Um, following that, it's anyone's guess or order. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't matter really. I, w- I will do um, it at some point, but yeah, it's it's yeah. right up there. And I think the only reason that that Daredevil edges it out is because it's a character. Well, you've that got I'll... the Punisher in there as well. Do you know, it's so a character got a that I've read of more of. And even before I'd read Daredevil, I at least knew about him. I've generally not didn't know that much about Punisher, other than from say the Spider-Man cartoon of the nineties. He had a yeah, a bit of a, I've had a, a yeah, same with me to be honest. And and Punisher isn't. I think Punisher, you know, you couldn't have picked a, almost a better timing to make something like this because I don't think it would have been weighed made well like daredevil was a crap film obviously in the 90s or noughties um and i just think we kind of picked the right time for these series to be made in a kind of r-rated fashion in under the right kind of production that is going to give it the right time do you know what i mean because yeah they're not going to cut it after one series they're going to see it through and i mean people have their issues quite rightly with parts of Iron Fist and Defenders and Luke Cage and maybe even this and Jessica Jones, whatever. But I think they'll learn from the mistakes. And I think it's not a series that, because it's different characters, it's always going to be quite interesting. You know, we both say, and we're really looking forward to Jessica Jones series too, because I think we probably underrated the first one and we're looking forward to having her back because she was the best thing in the Defenders really by a mile for me. Yeah. Um, and, and it, that's it, the thing. There's, it, there's, they, they got the order right as well because he, he's such yeah. a risky character to do. If they'd had him, say, after Daredevil, I don't think it would have worked yeah. because the formula was wrong. It's like Marvel. Marvel waited so long to do Black Panther and Captain Marvel because they're difficult yeah, they characters did. to get out there. So they made sure they got the formula, they got the directors, Even they got Guardians the following. Guardians was quite late because they were worried about Guardians It was our end phase two, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, and so you've got your established characters that they think are going to be bankers and make up the Avengers initially. And then they can kind of go off and be a little bit more daring with Ant-Man and Guardians and, you know, whatever else they've produced. And then that's Doctor exactly Strange. what these have done. They've brought in the Defenders. So they've had five seasons leading up to the Defenders. And then yeah. now feels like a good time to bring him in. And the other yeah. key thing to mention I think they just got is, Defenders slightly wrong, as we mentioned. It's just maybe a little bit intertwined with too much production elsewhere so they rushed it yeah. to try and get back to doing Luke Cage and Iron Fist which is a shame um, but the, the other the thing day, about it is time. remember that Punisher wasn't ever intended to get his own season until no. John Bernthal destroyed expectations yes. in season two of Daredevil exactly and yeah, exactly. If, if the if the stories are to be believed whether this is true or slightly exaggerated supposedly the decision was made after his first day on set. He came in, he he (laughs) filmed a couple of scenes and he went, shit, we need to do something with this. We need to get this on the slate. I mean, and the decision was made within days that he was getting some kind of a season, whether it was going to be a short one or a full one or another guest appearance, but yeah. they said that John Bernthal was going to be their punisher. And that's pretty impressive because Netflix have obviously got this very planned out. They've got a good roadmap for the next, you'd think at least three, four, Decade. five years <laughs> minimum. You know, that's yeah, the immediate, years, where everyone, minimum. that's like Daredevil season three, everyone else is getting season two. 
So you're yeah. talking two to three years minimum for that. Yeah, on this this formula at least, yeah. So and then I but, think for them to think just drop in another character and say, right, well, we need to shoehorn this in. Right, screw all yeah, the exactly. other ones. We're doing this. And that's why you say it's a bit independent from that as well, because maybe it wasn't in their longer term thought process. Maybe they had an idea that it might come off. Do you know what I mean? But equally, nobody could have expected it to. That that cameo in Daredevil was so small. It shouldn't have made the impact that it did. But it's to his credit and the writer's credit that they were able to get such a power in his performance from relatively few scenes and even fewer words. He doesn't actually say a lot. In, and he doesn't say all season. that much in this either, in in relative terms. I mean, he's, no, he's, a, he's not he's much a of a talker. He, but he's he he's not a talker. He's a he's, he's a doer. About, you know, he's a doer. He's certainly a doer. He's um, with every a type of weapon you could imagine. Um, yeah, and I think that's the thing. It, we'll leave it on John Burns or just being absolutely. Smashing it out of the park. Just yeah. magnificent performance. And like I said, if there's any justice, I put it out on Twitter, he will win awards for this in whatever capacity people will give awards to this type of show or this type of thing. I just think he, he brings this all together. He would he deserve it. If he, if he won some kind of an award, you'd have to be a bit of a major league bastard to sort of pull holes in that and say that he doesn't deserve it. Because no, all, all, all the reviews I've seen have been just glowing, and all of them mention him. Not you know, not just he, oh, Daredevil. He, he's the one that stands out. And like I said, we we've said quite wisely that the supporting cast is incredible in this. They really are, and it's really well cast and really well produced. But that's and where that's the strength the lies, isn't it? Really a solid. show is only as good as its supporting characters, because you, you can't yeah, always just he... have a brilliant leading role and that be enough. No, but he does. I mean, he does have that presence that is just unbelievable. He is, he is phenomenal in this, and and people do. You can't downplay a performance like this because, yeah, I just I've always said I I hope people keep writing for him and producing for him and and thinking of him because I I honestly think he's an extremely special actor. Um, he does emotion without words like very few actors do. Do you know what I mean? Because you yeah. can read everything on his face and it's usually blood-soaked and yeah. scars. <laughs> and doing that <laughs> horrible blood-curdling and... scream. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you just sound like a dog. Um, right. Um, we will be back with a more uplifting. This is quite a nice, serious podcast for a rare change. Um, we, we're going to talk about Ragnarok yeah, next, so I think we'll be all full of... Yeah, that'll be slightly more uh, upbeat. Yeah, we'll be quoting Korg lines for an hour, so get used to that. Um, so yeah, now we've got a few more shows before the end of the year. Um, we've got that to come. Oh, Justice League. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think I might have to pull a sickie that, that week because we might fall out. I don't want to fall out with Christmas. So we'll just have to see. Um, we we could just then... record separate bits and get some clever editing <laughs> to uh, to stick them yeah. together. It might be the safer yeah. thing. It could be the end of this podcast. So I don't want to fall out that to that degree. Um, but anyway, I will be... It's going to be Civil War, isn't it, me? And you're, you're going to say I'm Iron Man. And yeah, you're Iron Man, because I'm Team Cap. For fuck's sake. Ah, see, now you're not so into it, are you? 
No, I'm not. Um, yeah, anyway, so we will be recording that and then we're going to be looking ahead for next year, um, which is a bumpy year, let's put it that way, in, in production terms, because we've got Civil War, um, no, not Civil War, we've got Infinity Wars, um, and Black Panther to come first and Ant-Man and fuck, loads of great films and TV to come next year. So yeah, yeah we'll be getting those free to you before the end of this year. So cool. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for the two listeners that posted questions we do genuinely appreciate that someone reads our tweets and feedback um and yeah thank you for all the support on the last two pods that we did because we got some good good buzz around those so um cool we will catch up with you in the next week or so um and yeah we'll speak to you then take care It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs>